Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 158. Today we're going to talk about writing letters of recommendation and and a couple of things that we want you to think about because we know that that's one of the things that gets asked of us as coaches. Before we get into that topic, though, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website, and order your bats, use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. Also, let's talk about patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. We had a really good run going. We were getting a couple of new patrons a week for about six or seven weeks in a row. Just going to keep laying it on the line for you there, folks. We definitely need more people to continue to support us. The good news is that we've had enough momentum here over this last couple of months, kind of giving us a hope, you know, like a light at the end of the tunnel. But the light at the end of the tunnel could still be the train if we're not careful. We need more people to come on board. You go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch, either five, ten, or twenty dollars a month. Reality of it is that we've you know, been running in the red for almost every month. We had just a couple of month period where we had one sponsor that was very generous and was basically overpaying for their advertising because they wanted to help support the pod. But we had about a four-month period where we actually operated in the black. Other than that, we've been in the red every single month that we've done this podcast. We're sneaking up on five years now. I don't expect to get even. I don't expect to break even. I don't expect, get, expect to get back to zero, but uh, we've got to stop running in the red. Tori, sometimes it's, it's neat if it is something that a, a business can help sponsor through and right. know, it could be a, a tax write-off or so something like that right and that's that's what worked for us for that for that one little period of time but of course in and the business does, world they're, they're not going to just keep writing a check for us if there's no return for them forever right and again too whether it's uh, exposure and you know we're reaching out to a, a softball baseball you know type listener but any type of business that you know might benefit from it we'd be excited to be a part of it with right. them so if you can reach out to us contact us but make sure uh, you also look at the option of becoming a patron at patreon.com slash everything fast pitch so don writing letters of recommendation so here's the first thing i'm going to say and and this will hopefully lead us into a couple of different areas getting asked to write letters of recommendation for us as coaches typically means players that we're coaching have aspirations of playing in college and they want us to write letters for them to help them in that process the other thing that does happen periodically, happened for me a lot as a college coach, was writing letters of recommendation to help somebody get a job, like a real-world letter of recommendation. Right. The one thing I was proud of is I felt like I wrote a letter of recommendation that was a little bit more eye-catching, you know, was a little bit more unique than the typical, I've known Don McKinley since he was 17 years old, he's a hard worker and a diligent student, but I would say something to kind of stand out from the crowd, so I'd say something like, you know, in this day and age when, you know, so many kids spend their whole life staring at their phone, it was great to go to practice every day with a player like Don McKinley. As Don would look you in the eye, wanted to learn, wanted to be there every single day. And that was just enough to make my letter stand out from the typical one. 
So if we're writing those kinds of letters, we want to stand out. We want to make it something that's interesting. From a recruiting standpoint, here's what I can tell you. There's a lot of traps that many of you fall into when you're writing letters to college coaches. Those traps we're going to talk about, Don's got a list of two or three things that are really important that we want to pay attention to. But the thing that I will tell you is a letter that's written that is too good to be true, a letter that sounds like the coach that's writing it for their player is writing something because they want the player to be happy with what they said about them versus what's really true about them is never going to be a very effective tool to help a player get recruited. Challenge for us as travel ball coaches, as as high school coaches, as, as coaches of young players that want to play in college is helping them, I guess, guiding them a little bit with the interaction that we're going to have about this letter of recommendation that they want me to write. Because what will happen to every one of us If you're a high school coach, if you're a travel ball coach, the 10th best player on your team, the 12th best player on your team is going to come up to you at some point in time and say, hey, Coach Tory, could you write me a letter to Oklahoma? I know you know Patty Gasso and she would, I'm sure she'd love to hear from you and it would really help me, you know, convince her to, you know, that she should recruit me. And I'm looking at the 12th best player on my team going, you really want me to write a letter to Patty Gasso? But of course, I can't say that. So Don, jump in. No, I think that's that is the first thing right there is to to make sure that we're uh, identifying schools that are the right level. And of course, it's everybody's dream to play at a big school like that. And I've had a number of players or athletes talk about schools that I'm really confident that you know that is not quite something that is feasible for them. Right. And for us, Tori, if we if we do write that letter and we do overstate their abilities, and eventually that's not going to work out very good for us because those coaches are going to see my letter and they're going to go again, right? You know, he's 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 recommending somebody that everybody knows is not quite ready for that level. So to be really forthcoming and saying, hey, you know, I'm excited that you want that, and that's a a, a neat opportunity if it ever comes around, but. We need to be realistic and, and here are the schools that what might be next for us, right? right. Well, and w- one of the things that I think is, is really hard about this, number one is nobody wants to be the dream killer. We talk about that right. all the time. Nobody wants to be the voice of reality. So when your seventh best player, your 10th best player comes to you and says their dream is to play at Oklahoma, well, of course, you know, every, everybody's dream should be to play at someplace like Oklahoma. But when you know that that player is not the kind of player that's going to be successful there, that is not the kind of player that they're going to be interested in recruiting. It's wasting their time, too. It's, it's wasting everybody's time. Yeah. And, and I use this uh, example. I won't mention the player's name, obviously, but there was a girl that I worked with for, you know, for several years. She's now doing really well in college. Found and, a good and level. And a really good, having a really good college career. But she knew I knew Tim Walton wanted me to write her a letter to Tim Walton, wanted me to call Tim Walton on her behalf. And now I called Tim Walton, but I called Tim and explained to him that I've got this player that's very interested in the program. I don't know for sure that she's quite what you're looking for. And we had a nice little talk about it, you know, caught up a little bit, talked about my son, Chuck, who was going to Florida at the time. And that was it. It It was a friendly little conversation that basically left me knowing that he doesn't even know this player's name, and she's been to three of his camps. He's not going to recruit her. And I know you're talking about a good ball player. Too. Yeah, and she's a yeah. very good player because she's yeah. she's a starting college, you know, Division One player, just not at Florida. Right. 
so you know, I had to have the heart to heart talk with her. So you know, I th- I'm just going to be honest with you. I said, you know, I can keep calling Tim, but it's he's never going to recruit you. He's never going to offer you a scholarship. And you know, I'm sorry that you've spent you know thousands of dollars going to camps at Florida, thinking that that was going to be the golden ticket to open that door for you. But me writing a letter where I lied to him about your abilities to try to trick him into recruiting you isn't going to work out for anybody. Right. So good, good news is that after them, her and her parents being really mad at me for a little while for crushing her dreams, maybe eight months later. And it's uh, tough. Right. I mean, they, were, they were appreciative of the fact that I was honest with them and, and they didn't spend one more week chasing down to Gainesville to spend a bunch of money to go to a camp. They ended up you know, picking a couple of other schools to go to and ended up really loving the one that she chose and doing great there. First one, and this is the one that I think is, is the hardest, or in some ways the hardest, is the, I know enough to give you some guidance, but you're not necessarily going to like the guidance I need to give you. Now, that doesn't mean that we're always going to be right, and it doesn't mean that every travel ball coach or high school coach really knows enough to tell you that your dream school is just a dream, but an awful lot of coaches do know enough. Now they just have to have the, the gumption to, to be truthful and, and, and tell a player something they maybe don't really want to hear. The next piece of this puzzle, Tori, is that, you know, when they ask us to, to write a, a letter in general saying about our skills and, and where we should fall into the college scenario, that we're going to tell the truth. And, right. and if you're a division two, a high level division two type kid or a mid-level division one, if we're writing that letter, we're going we're gonna to tell exactly that. We're not going to overstate where we think your abilities are going to fall in line with the college game. And, you know, sometimes that's going to hurt a little bit too, but that's more of an in general, hey, if, if you just need a, a letter of recommendation, not to a particular school right. like, like Florida, but a just in general letter, we're going to have to tell the truth because it might end up going to people that we're familiar with. And even if it's people that we're not familiar with, it's going to affect our credibility down the road, yep. right? Yeah. Well, and and the generic letter of recommendation to me is just as bad as the generic letter of introduction to a school to begin with. Asking a coach to write a generic letter of recommendation for you that you don't even know for sure who you're going to send it to or don't know it clearly enough to be able to tell the you know tell your coach Hey, I want you to write this specifically to school X. Then, you know, we're just on a fishing expedition that probably doesn't make much sense for us as coaches to to invest much time and effort in. It's okay do that, but I think it, you know, it, it does mean that you have to be honest about it. It means you have to, you know, and and it's it's very challenging because it's hard to know from a comparison contrast perspective, you know, how a player could potentially fit in. And the, and the reason I think that it's a it's an even bigger trap is Who's going to be the judge that says, okay, you're a Division II player, you're a Division III player, you're an NAIA player? You know, you and I both know that there are some Division II programs, there's some th- Division III programs, some NAIA programs that would flat out kick the that, tail. That's what I was saying. Of Division a whole bunch of Division II or schools, a mid level right? one. Or, yep. um, you know, now this is ancient history now, but when you were coaching at Kennesaw State and I was coaching at Wisconsin Parkside, now there was a lot less high-level softball being played around the country back then. But we were both Division II schools, and I would bet you everything I own that we were amongst the top 50 college softball programs, period, in the country across all divisions. 
I would feel comfortable. Yeah. And we played a lot of, you know, well-known division one schools All of them and in won, our area. won a bunch of games. Yeah. So the whole, you know, generic letter trying to, you know, to help a player is, is a trap to begin with. It's a trap for the player and it's a trap for you writing it. And the second thing is, I think that what I would do is if a player says, Hey, I just need like a general letter of recommendation. It doesn't have to be too specific. I would say, I'll be happy to write you a letter of recommendation, but tell me when you've got some specifics so I know who I'm writing it to. And let me have a little bit more information so that, you know, that I can do a better job of... What you know, exactly uh, we're looking for. Right, and yeah. being honest about what your, what your level of expectations are and, and what their level of expectations should be. I think I know an awful lot. I think you know an awful lot. And I would be really uncomfortable trying to say, well, I think she's a mid-level Division One player. Are we limiting yeah, it our, to that? Our, our, yeah. and, and what does that really mean? You know, that's, that's just, you know, gobbledygook, you know, coach speak that really says, yeah, she's really not that great. You know, she's not a great player. She's not great enough to play at a really good school. So I'm just going to say she's a mid-level Division One player because I don't really know what kind of player plays at Tennessee Tech or Kennesaw State or Georgia State or Fresno State or any of those schools. I don't really know what kind of, what kind of player that really is. So I'm just going to say she's one of those. And then in reality, she's not one of those either. It's a really, it's like trying to hit a bullseye with no idea where the, where the board is. And we're kind of blending that into uh, the next thought is that uh, many of the coaches that are being asked to do this may not have a really strong idea of what each of those levels are or what your, your capabilities might be. For them to have to navigate that's going to be really tough. So it might be better for us to continue to research or look at getting someone else to evaluate. Right. Well, I'll just share this story because I think this puts this whole thing in perspective. Now, when I first started coaching at the high school level, we had a really good high school program, and obviously it's the state of Wisconsin, so we're not talking about super softball hotbed at that point in time. Travel ball was pretty much non-existent, so it was just you know trying to decide based on how our kids were doing compared to other kids in our area, and we had a bunch of really good kids that won a lot of games, won some championships, and, and, and had really good high school careers. I can remember the shock and terror that I felt when I looked back, once I got my first college job, and I remembered sending letters for those kids to UCLA and Arizona and Michigan, the elite of the elite, the national championship level college programs, because back then, knowing what I knew, which I felt was pretty knowledgeable, I mean, I had been coaching for a little while, you know, I'd been to a lot of coaches' clinics, you know, I, I mean, you know, I'd had conversations with, Sharon Drysdale at Northwestern and with Sue Enquist at UCLA and, and asked them questions at coaches' clinics. So I knew for sure that you know, I, I was knowledgeable. The kids that I was recommending to UCLA had no chance in God's green earth of ever, in a million years, not even making the team, not ever playing an inning, but not getting probably cut the first day at an open tryout if they had an open tryout for the kids at their school. Sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. Right, right? And I didn't know any better. I really thought, she's the best high school player I've ever seen. She's got to be good enough to play at UCLA. Well, then when I got my first college job at UW Parkside and looking back then, she couldn't play for me at Parkside. And I was sending letters. Back then, sending a letter and a videotape was an investment because it was a VHS. You know, I mean, you didn't just send a, a, an attachment to an email. 
You went down to the post office and gave him a couple of bucks for the postage. That was the thing. And I did that over and over again. So it was, you know, and I felt like I was a pretty knowledgeable coach. I was not, you know, just flying blind. So if I could fall into that trap, I know that an awful lot of our uh, listeners can fall into the exact same trap. And there's nothing, it doesn't mean that you're not doing a good job. Doesn't mean that you don't care. Doesn't mean that you're a bad coach. Knowing what it really means to be a college player and what those colleges are really looking for is not something that everybody knows. And, and it's just human nature, right? Well, she's the best player I've ever coached. She's got to be good enough. And right. that's exactly what I did. And she was the best high school player I'd ever seen, period. Of course she can play at UCLA. Well, <laughs> let's just say I'm pretty sure that if UCLA even watched the videotape, they probably laughed. Well, and we don't want that as an ongoing thing, anytime somebody gets something from Don McKinley. Right. Yeah. So, so we have to, we have to nip that in the bud. There's nothing wrong with you saying, you know, I can't really, you know, I I don't know enough to, to write a letter to UCLA on your behalf because I don't know enough about what they're looking for. I can try to do a little bit of research. I can, you know, watch a couple of YouTube videos and go back and watch a couple of their games from the college world series and try to give you my best estimate. But, and you do a great job with us. Right. And, and I'm not saying you're not a great player, but, so let's say, Don, you come to me and you say, Tori, I want you to write me a letter of recommendation to UCLA. And in my mind, I'm thinking, there's no way in God's green earth you can play at UCLA. I can spin that and make it sound a little bit more Don-friendly and say, well, Don, why would you want to go to a school like that and have to fight your whole life to maybe get to be a pinch runner? Wouldn't you be happier going someplace where you'd have a chance to start as a freshman? And then in your mind, you can turn, you'll probably come back and be like, but I am good enough to start there as a freshman. Say, well, let's do a little bit more research on that because, you know, just from what I know, you know, and I, I think you're a great player. I think you're a really hard worker, but, you know, I know you want to play right away. And I'm not sure that that's going to happen for you at a school like UCLA. So we need to work on this a little bit more. I can't write you that letter of recommendation just yet because I don't think I can tell you know them enough about you to really make it a useful thing. And then let's venture into the other part of the equation of, and I'm going to convince you that you're really not supposed to go to UCLA. Right. I and mean, we're, we're going to work on this so that you can see what's really going on. So yeah. and hopefully that'll end up you know putting us in a better position. At least creating some more thought process there. Right, a yeah. chance to think it through a little yeah. bit more. So, so the letter of recommendation, coaches, if you're sending a letter to college coaches on one of your players' behalf, and you're saying something like, I've known Don since, since he was 12 years old and he can play for any program in America. You just wasted your time, effort, breath, energy, time, everything. Because no college coach in America thinks that every kid can play for every program. And so if you're saying something like that, you've already destroyed your credibility. And how do I know? Because I destroyed my credibility because I said that kind of thing over and over again. So do a little bit more research on the front end, do a little bit better job of targeting realistic schools and guide your players towards making, um, you know, investing their time and effort in, in the right places. For what my player spent going to camps at Florida, she could have paid for another semester of school. Right. As harsh as it is, the reality of it was there's nothing she was going to do at that camp that was going to make her a prospect for them. So let's just, you know, kind of try to help guide our players in a better direction. No, I was going to say, and hopefully, uh, anytime we do go to those camps, it's great because maybe we get other value from it, but right. still, no, yeah. if, if, if you're going to Florida for a camp because you want to learn something from Tim Walton, yeah, absolutely. Or to kind of feel out what level we might be at. Right. To see what the other, the other players that are going there us. are really like yeah. and, and what yeah. kind of players are on their team and that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's some benefit in that. 
But if I'm going at think, going there thinking, if I go to enough camps, I'm going to convince them that they should recruit me, that's a mistake. And if I think that getting my coach to write the perfect letter of recommendation is going to convince them to recruit me, both of those are faulty. And as we're talking about the highest of the highest levels right here too, at more moderate level, that might be a place where they do recognize us, right? right. We, we've stumbled across really good, talented kids at camps and clinics from time to time, for sure. There might be one that really stands out. Yeah. But no. at those clinics you're talking about, there is a whole bunch of kids just like us. Right. Oklahoma's and Florida's and UCLA's of the world, they're recruiting the very best player in the country at their position. If you're not the very best player at your position in the country, dreaming about going to those schools is foolish. There's just no nice way to say it. I mean, I'd like to go on a date with Jennifer Aniston. I hope you are that good. You know, I, I mean, be, I, I, would, yeah. I would love to, you know, to be able to go on Facebook or IG or whatever it is and you know, send her a message and have Jennifer Aniston say, wow, the man of my dreams. I've been waiting for Tori Atchison to reach out since I stopped recording Friends. That last movie I made, I've just been waiting for him to see it because that's my dream date and I can't wait for that to happen. But me wanting to go on a date with Jennifer Aniston is just as realistic as some of these players wanting to play at Oklahoma. But there's, there's a always ni- a chance, Tori. Yeah, what's that? Uh, <laughs> I know you've never seen Dumb and Dumber, but in the scene you know, with Lloyd and Dumb and Dumber, when, Actually, I think I did see that when, one. When, when yeah. she's, you know, he asks her for a date and she says, one chance in a million. And he's like, so you're telling me there's a chance. Right. Well, yeah. So you want to go play softball at Oklahoma? Yeah, one in a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Well, I better go to camp. They call it Dumb and Dumber for a reason. <laughs> All right, so let's just leave it at that. So hopefully that's uh, uh, giving you some more things to ponder on. That's going to wrap up episode number 158 of Coach Prep. Make sure you support Anderson Bat Company, patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Become a patron. We need your support. Go to the fastpitchprep.com website, order your Square Cuts training discs. They're $49.95 a dozen. We'll get them sent to you right away. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel and the, and the blogs. There's tons and tons of information there. And if you have questions, suggestions, ideas, things that you want us to talk about, reach out to us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com and fastpitchprep at gmail.com. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tory. saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.